Hi there, grief growers. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm taking a break from full-length podcasting right now and gearing up for season five of Coming Back, which premieres on January 2nd, 2019. But in the meantime, I wanted to share with you a few insights and stories from my life after loss. Normally for my In the Meantime episodes, I share bonus clips from this season's guests on Coming Back, but in season four, you got everything that our wonderful guests had to give. I held nothing back from you. You heard everything that there was to hear from everybody going on the 2019 Bereavement Cruise in March. Plus this time of year, with the holidays and being almost five years out from the death of my mom, I've been doing some thinking about the memories that I shared with her before she died and the memories that I've made since. This series of In the Meantime episodes will be more like reflections than they will revelations, so I hope that they resonate with you in some way. Full disclosure, today I am recording with a bit of a cold, so if my voice sounds low and sultry, that's probably why. <laughs> I can't hit my upper register either like I normally can, so, uh, so just bear with me this week, Grief Growers, for this In the Meantime episode. So as many of you know, as I've announced in season four of Coming Back, I'm working on a book called Permission to Grieve. And while I was working on these in the meantime episodes, I usually sit down and record a bunch of them at once and then schedule them for release so you have something to look forward to every Wednesday while I'm away. Um, The very first permission to grieve that kind of popped into my brain was, I give myself permission to listen to my hometown radio station, even though I don't live there anymore, and even though I stopped listening to live radio shows years and years ago. Now, this seems like it might be a silly permission slip to give or to need, but I found in the five years since I've lost my mom that my brain tells me a lot of stories to try to prevent me from grieving and re-grieving the way I want to. So let me elaborate on that. I'll unpack this story for you. Growing up, the radio was almost always on. Whether we were driving or doing the dishes or decorating the house for Christmas, we always had the same radio station playing in the background. And every single year around this time, my mom, my sister, and I would anxiously wait to turn on the radio or turn on the car and hear the first jinglings of Christmas carols coming to us over the airwaves. So sure, we could have put in a Christmas CD, and sometimes we did just to have the Christmas spirit going, but to have the holiday music appear from another source and to have it be special, to only have it around during the holidays, just made it really uh, cozy. It was something that we looked forward to every year. We would sing along and make up new lyrics that made us laugh and harass my mom every time that she cried to Mary, did you know? We would plan out our holiday events uh, promoted on air, so things like the Lights Festival or uh, holiday markets in our hometown. I would get the warm fuzzies over call-in song dedications, and every time they read, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," and every Christmas Eve I fell asleep to my favorite uh, Christmas Eve song. I guess if I can have a favorite Christmas Eve song, which is Mannheim Steamroller's Silent Night. I never realized it growing up because I was so steeped in it, but around the holidays, the background of my life was primarily made up of the music and the personalities and the commercials that were playing on this radio station. When I moved to Chicago in 2014, my first Christmas away from home was too quiet. 
I bought a little light-up tree from the drugstore down the street and had my sister send up a bunch of ornaments. I bought a stocking and hung it near my bed and draped fresh evergreen on my front door. But the whole time I felt like something was missing. And the more that I thought about it and reviewed my Christmas traditions of years past, the more I realized that I was missing the background, what Rob Bell would call the underlying bass note of my holiday experience. It was my music, that hometown radio station that seemed to always be tinkling underneath everything that was going on. Now, the magic of the internet has made it so that I can access this radio station from anywhere, including Chicago. So I pulled it up on my computer while I decorated my first studio apartment and pressed play. And there it was, playing Nat King Cole like nothing had ever changed. Of course, everything had changed because my mom was dead. I was living alone in Chicago, and my sister wasn't around to butcher the lyrics to White Christmas with me. But still, something about that radio station and its holiday songs and the voices of its hosts and the syndicated Delilah program that came on every single night brought me rushing back to my childhood Christmases, driving home with my mom late at night from Christmas Eve rehearsal at church, doing the dishes after our annual sugar cookie baking extravaganza, and decorating the tree the day after Thanksgiving. These were not perfect times in my life, but they felt whole and unbroken. And during that first Christmas season in Chicago, that first Christmas without my mom, I gave myself that permission to experience and miss that feeling of wholeness when I felt torn up and achy that year after. I had a really good life growing up, and Christmas was always the best holiday in our house. And that radio station, for whatever reason, brought that feeling and those memories and my mom back to me in a way. My logical mind, whatever part of it had been influenced by the world's idea of grief, put up a lot of objections to my playing this radio station. I struggled to pull this up on my computer. It seemed really easy. It was not that easy. I worried that someone would hear me listening to a real radio station and judge me for tolerating commercials beyond the one or two commercials that Spotify and Pandora occasionally dole out. I was afraid of being seen as outdated or out of touch. I was nervous that somebody would notice the station doing the evening traffic report and realize really quickly that Greensboro, North Carolina was nowhere near us. I was afraid that someone would call me stupid or stuck in the past or confront me and ask me questions about regressing back to a childhood state and my grief. I was anxious that somebody was going to tell me, geez, Shelby, just grow up. Or wonder why this radio station, of all things, was what I chose to remember my mom around Christmas. My logical mind is kind of an asshole. Because... You know what happened? The only person that said anything about my listening to this radio station at all, anything at all, was me. To myself. The only person I was being bullied by for my choices in grief was me. The only person worried about my childishness and being stuck in the pastness was me. I was trying to block myself from grieving the way I wanted and needed to grieve. 
Now, this might all sound crazy to you, but as people who are grieving, we stop ourselves from doing a lot of things that feel comforting to us because we're afraid of being seen or judged or caught or questioned. I know I am still, that's an enormous fear for me while grieving, is that I'll be seen as weird or crazy or regressing in my grief. I still worry about that to this day. Five years ago, around this time, I was worried about a radio station. But now it's something different. It's leaning on religion this time of year when I am not religious at all. It's pretending my mom is standing next to me at a holiday market like an imaginary friend. It's changing my phone wallpaper to the last Christmas picture that we ever took together back in 2013. I miss her, grief growers. I miss my mom every single day of my life. And in listening to this radio station, I gave myself permission to have a piece of her back. To feel sad and depressed and joyful and nostalgic all at one time. I gave myself permission to experience her in waking life again. I gave myself permission to remember when things were good and whole. And I gave myself permission to bring more pieces of her up to the surface to hold. Sometimes I just need that. We all do in grief. Just one more thing that we can hold on to. I bet you have something that you're not doing right now that would bring you some comfort in the aftermath of loss. Whatever that thing is, grief growers, no matter how small, I want you to have it. That is my wish for you this week. Don't allow your inner critic or your inner bully or your inner you must be this tall to ride tell you that you're grieving wrong or that you're going to have to explain yourself to somebody that you're going backwards for participating with your grief. Our grief is alive and it wants something new from us every day, every year, every holiday season. For me in 2014, it was listening to my hometown radio station. What is it from you? What does grief want from you this year? I hope you enjoyed this In the Meantime episode of Coming Back. Stay tuned to the coming weeks for more insights, stories, and permissions in the weeks between now and the Season 5 launch of Coming Back in January. For grief support beyond this podcast, please consider supporting Coming Back on Patreon. All patrons are invited to join me live for my next hour-long Google Hangout where I'm sharing stories, resources, and advice for coping with life after loss. That's on December 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. And whenever you pledge, you are also automatically entered to win my In the Meantime giveaway. Anyone who's a patron of Coming Back by December 31st, 2018, is automatically entered to win two copies of The Grief Book That Changed My Life, The Grief Recovery Method Handbook. In addition to the two books you'll win, I'll also send along a set of Coming Back podcast stickers and a handwritten thank you note from my desk. You can find a link to my Patreon page where you can pledge and enter to win for as little as $1 per month in the show notes. You can also find a link to my Patreon page when you visit my website, shelbyforzithia.com. Check out episode 64 of Coming Back if you'd like to hear more about the details of the Patreon giveaway and all the places I'll be between now 
and season five of Coming Back. That's all I've got for you for this episode of Coming Back in the meantime. I cannot wait to return to you with full-length episodes in January. While I'm away, you can find updates on me, this podcast, and my adventures on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, some extra behind-the-scenes stuff on Patreon. If you'd like to leave a question, comment, or guest suggestion for a future episode, leave a voicemail or text 312-725-3043 or email me at shelby at shelbyforsythia.com. As always, my dear grief growers, it was beautiful sharing this space and time with you today. I see you. I am proud of you and the work that you're doing in the world. I give you permission to grieve. And I love you. Because even through grief, we are growing.